30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome, finally, back to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the Nerdy South, Tyler Mack, and of course, joined by the co-host, the juicy one. He's freshly squeezed. He's everyone's favorite coach. <laughs> He's Troy Bolton's father. Yeah. And the Doctor Heart- of Nerdonomics. Heartbreak Bolton here, baby. Heartbreak Bolton himself. Josh Davis. What's up, Doc? Hey, hey, hey. How can you miss us if we don't go away for a little while? Exactly. Right? And here we are, back again. Back again. It has just been a insanely busy time for the two of us. You can say that again. It has just been a insanely busy time for the two of us. What with life and things and adulthood and, and things and stuff and Christmas. Christmas. Merry Chrysler. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're back. We finally found some time uh, etched into the late night to finally get this episode out that we have. Mm. Uh, and, and I know that if you go back three weeks, two weeks or something from our last episode, we say that we're going to be talking about Robin. Well, guess what? We're not. <laughs> uh, we're playing catch up. Yeah. Uh, we want, we've, there's been a lot. And mustard as well. And mustard. Yes. Uh, there, we're, there's a lot that has happened since we last recorded in, in the world yeah. of nerd. A yeah. lot oh, yeah. that, uh, you know, shows have been finished and we haven't gotten to talk about them. No. Um, things happening all over the nerd nerd culture and and we're just going to catch up uh and then we're going to talk about uh in part two of this ep- uh, of this episode later on we're going to uh, be celebrating the 30th birthday for a certain christmas movie it just makes you feel old when you it realize, feels like christmas it just makes you old once you realize like this thing's 30 yeah first things first How's life, man? You're on Christmas break. Uh, So nice to be on Christmas break. You know, I I love my uh, Christmas break Mm -hmm. and my summer break and my spring break and my fall break. 
I love break time. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm relaxing, chillaxing, mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. good. I, I I've a, a large weight has been removed from my from my load. Uh, in yeah, recent the, weeks. the show's over. It is yes, yeah. and and it was successful. Mm-hmm. And I worked very hard for like six months on it, and worried and <laughs> and stressed, stressed over it, and it turned out great and i was thrilled with it and finally you know was able to sleep soundly and you know be proud of, of what yeah. we accomplished and so i'm doing great a lot better than i was you know last time we spoke or the time before that or past several weeks you know well i gotta tell you the way the way that it works is you know you put on a successful show you work to 70 kids you yes infected a lot of them with the theater bug uh you know we 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 chose to to come on the last night um yeah that was a good uh, one yeah and exactly and that's why if i go see a show i'm either there the second friday or the very last show uh depending on how many weekends the show runs um so we came to the last show and we were on the second row with uh your lovely wife and daughter and uh, we had a great time, man. It was very, um, it, it, it's nostalgic for me because, right. you know, I've talked about directing it on this, this show, but, uh, you know, I've also talked about in 2007 being one of the leads and that being one of my first big parts I ever played. And, and just, you know, you can make jokes about HSM. You can talk about how corny it is and how yeah. cheesy and Disney it is. Yeah. But if you're ever involved in this production, there's something about it that you fall in love with and it stays with you. Yeah, it does. It stays with you. Like there's a lot of it that is really uh, what's what's the word? Uh, Hokey. No, uh, cringe. It's so cringe. Yes. There's a lot of it that's really like cringy. Like the dialogue is very cringy. Hey, Troy, my hoops doggy and all that stuff like and there's this one song uh in the stage version where the you know troy and gabrielle are in the rooftop garden and they sing this romantic song and i absolutely detested it and i didn't want to do it and and i put it off and i put it off and it ended up being this really really cute moment it worked out and yeah i just ended up um really falling in love with the the story and with the characters and yeah you put so much hard work into something. You Absolutely. Know. And I got to tell you, the the thing that sticks out to me the most about being there and, and hanging out afterwards and getting to meet some of the cast and, and talk to them a little bit about theater uh, was the amount of newbies that were crying because it was over. <laughs> yeah. Um, your Troy didn't even want to get out of costume. He was he was doing finding anything and everything to keep him from having to get back into normal street clothes. Yeah. And that's why you do it. You know, like, yes, the show was good. They did a great job. You know, they had fun. They, you know, they didn't fall on their faces. They didn't fall off the stage. That's all well and good. But seeing them truly upset that this experience is over and talking to you about what's next. Can we just do this again on Monday just for fun? (laughs) You know, that's why that's why those of us that are in the theater world, 
that's why we continue to go back to it. It's just there's that wholesome moment. And, you know, that's that's the biggest victory that I think you can walk away with is you now have a handful of people who are going to keep coming back that this was their first show and now they've been bitten by the bug. And even if they don't, I'm proud of the fact that this is an experience that I know they'll never forget. Yeah. Ever, you know, and I was yeah. part of that. Like, that's something that I. I helped have that impact on them, you know, forever. And that's something they'll tell their kids about. And that's just really important to me, like making these great experiences for these kids. And it's my absolute favorite part, like exactly what you're saying. Once it actually happens or the process of they, they see it start to come together and they get so excited about just the little things here and there. You know, we hung, we had a, a moon that came down for one part of the show. Yeah. And we, once we hung the moon and, and they <laughs> saw it literally, oh, they lost their minds. They were applauding. You know, the first time they saw the kids in the, the basketball mm. uniforms, we had a statue of a wildcat that we rolled out and put on the stage. They saw that for the first time. They went crazy. You know, all these little components added in the excitement that, 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 that they exhibited every time. And then once that opening night happened and I got to tell a story. <laughs> oh gosh. So as you said, a lot of these kids were newbies. They've never done anything like this before. And prior to becoming a theater teacher, all of my experience with theater for the most part as a director was with kids who had been doing this. They knew. Yes. it. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that even after three years of being the theater teacher, like there's things that I, I forget that it's not common knowledge for these kids because they're new. <laughs> so a lot of these kids just don't know what's going on. And so intermission happens on opening night. We finish this big status quo number where all the kids are on stage and it's just mayhem and chaos. And then they all run off stage and then the lights come up, you know, intermission. <laughs> And this one girl, bless her heart, she she really gave us a hard time for most of the semester, but it, she turned out to be great. But she said, what happened? Where's everybody going? And I said, well, they're probably going to the bathroom. It's intermission. And she goes, are you going to tell them to come back? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, they know to come back. And she goes, Mr. D, I don't think they do. <laughs> And she was so concerned. I said, it'll be okay. I promise. Cause they didn't even know what intermission yeah. was. So like, yeah. that, that's something I'll always remember about the experience. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was well worth all the stress and the long sleepless nights that I had and all the work that I put into it. And I, you know, I, I don't hide stress very well. No. The kid, the kids know when I'm stressed because <laughs> they're yeah. like, Mr. D, are you okay? What What do you need us to do, and all this stuff? So, like, bless their hearts. They're. I need you to be Broadway stars. Right I need now. you to just be better. Uh, and some of them listen, you know, here and there. So, if you're listening, I'm very proud of you. Uh, but you know, yeah. you know, I was stressed, and y'all gave me a lot of anxiety uh, <laughs> over the past semester. But it was worth it in the end. It all worked out. And I, I know when you were there, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I know you pretty well. There were a lot of times where I could see you watching the kids afterward or a kid would come up and have a interaction with me and you'd be watching it and you'd have this look on your face like you were just really proud. It was just yeah. sort of 
Yeah, I was just beaming off of you. So yeah, I was very proud that you were proud. That oh I God, yeah, man, I was very proud. You did it. I did. You did it. And I know there were times you didn't think you would, but I know yeah. you. Would. Yes, yes, but but yeah, I mean, it's over. You get, you're on break. Uh, I've been working a lot and right staying over a lot just to get that stuff done uh working on a lot of fun initiatives for the 2023 year for the employees at tld um some fun things that that we're going to incorporate to kind of uh, boost um, employee morale and and exciting partnerships coming up and as i've been talking about over the last few months is as right now tld's got this big partnership with ubisoft and assassin's creed we have a four-year bourbon whiskey that is celebrating 15 years of Assassin's Creed and Altair's on the front. And you see like these shades of all the other assassins from the other games. Uh, we have the Valhalla Vodka, which let me tell you, uh, this thing is retailing at $119, primarily because it is licensed material. Uh, and we did create a special vodka for it. We did distill it an extra time to make it just different than our regular vodka. Uh, the bottle's beautiful. They did something really cool for us. We were told on all these licensed ma- materials that in our Ubisoft partnership, uh, no employee discounts whatsoever. You know, like, what the heck? But these are so cool, and, and we're nerds, and you're going to tell us that we have to pay full price? So, obviously, no employees bought the Valhalla vodka because we are like, it's $119. Yeah. You're going to tell me I can't get a discount. And I'm like, that kind of sucks. So at the Christmas party, which uh, me and Brian hosted last week, one of the last surprises they gave us after our bonus checks was every employee got a bottle of Valhalla vodka for free, specially numbered just for us, uh, just for the employees. And I was like, I'm not opening it. I won't touch the, I wouldn't either. It is going to, and I made a joke about, uh, at at your, uh, your expense, uh, you know, shocker. Right. Um, I was talking with, uh, with Brian and I said, well, if I were Josh, I'd buy a, a shadow box and I'd have all three of these bottles in there and there'd be an Altair pop and there'd be an Ezio yeah, yeah, pop yeah, and yeah. there'd be a hidden blade in there with the shadow yeah. box. And after joking about it, and then they gave me the Valhalla bottle. I was like, Hmm, that's actually not a bad idea. Oh yeah. It's, like, it's a beautiful idea. Like think of oh, a shadow box. Suddenly with, it's a great idea. <laughs> like with all the AC products that, you know, like, cause this is a, like a limited time thing. So like, by the end of 2023, there will only be a certain amount of people on this planet that own these bottles. So they'll never be made again. And after now this you're partnership, one over. of the lucky few. And we are days away from the release of our Edward Kenway's uh, Black Flag Spiced Rum, which nice. I have gotten to taste test. It is delicious. Actually, it's on sale now on uh, online at uh, lovescotch.com. If you are a Spice Drum connoisseur and an Assassin's Creed fan, you can pre-order that now, uh, and they'll deliver it right to your door. Um, so uh, just a lot of cool things coming up in 2023. 
um, after Ubisoft's over some other partnerships that are pretty exciting, especially for uh, fans of uh, Step Brothers, the movie. Um, so that's very, very exciting. Prestige um, worldwide. Prestige worldwide. But yeah, man, it's it's, uh, it's picking up my punch list. I make a weekly punch list. That's the, You're punching the, people? You're yeah, making I'm punching a list people. of people to punch? Yeah. And I'm checking it twice. (laughs) So in the theater world, uh, a director, tech director, whatever it is, as you get closer to opening, you start making these punch lists. And that's like the things before the first curtain goes up that have to be done, Mm. whether it's lighting, sound, you know, painting this part. So I make weekly punch lists. We, me and Brian meet every Monday morning to make punch lists. And each Monday morning meeting, my punch list keeps growing and growing and growing because it's getting to the point where he's like, I'm going to start laying some some things that I really can't get to anymore because now he's full on regional manager. He's in charge of all four branches. Uh, So I am kind of the assistant to the regional manager for Tennessee legend distillery and it's uh it's busy but you know what I freaking love it it's it's a lot of excitement and something new every day and fun opportunities and planning and it's just it's really cool it's I've just I've really been enjoying it but uh, we are now less than 60 days away from our wedding so it is getting here fast and I got my measurements for my tux today yes it is. So, uh, it's going to be great. Um, looking forward to it. After everything's kind of started falling into place, uh, which I think that that's that's when you know it's a good sign is things start happening easily. Right. Things fall into place and just are right. Nothing's really that stressful. After everything kind of started falling into place ahead of schedule, we were like, well, now we've got all this time before we actually get to get married everything's done why did we wait so stinking long to, we still got three months we still got two months we still, you know and now we're less than 60 days away and it's like it slowly went by fast if that makes sense to anybody yeah because time's a construct you know um but i'm 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 looking forward to it man it's going to be a great weekend uh it's getting here fast and uh, yeah. uh i'm excited i'm very excited yeah it's going to be great Gonna be uh, a happy time. So we've we've watched a lot of stuff. We've in our very busy schedule. We are finally tonight getting to catch up in conversation about the things that got finished, like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones or, or House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon, yeah, and stuff like that. So we've both finally finished both of them. We're finally sitting here getting to talk about it. So mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. What are, what are your what are your thoughts? There were some times here and there where I was kind of like, eh, what's, what are we doing here? What, where are we going mm. with this? Uh, but by the end, I was very happy yeah. with it and I really enjoyed it. So did you expect the Easter egg that that's Gandalf? No, I was pretty convinced that he was going to be Sauron. Everybody uh, was. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was kind of shocked by the twist. I was like, whoa, wait. What? It's funny because it's like when you see him, that's what the first thing you expect. Oh, it's Gandalf. That's yeah. definitely Gandalf. And then all these weird things happen and you're like, oh, no. Okay. So maybe yeah. not. And that's Sauron. 
And then when it turns out it is the thing that you first thought that it was, or mm. I, I first thought anyway, uh, it was like, yes, because I love Gandalf. So yeah, well, I enjoyed that. In the little bit of Cimmerillion I, I've read and some of the excerpts and all that, that I've actually sat down and finished. I knew that we were in the era where Sauron came back to middle earth as a friend deceived everybody and helped them create the rings i knew we were playing with that era but i did not expect that to quickly play out at the end of this first season i, I when how brand you know spoilers when it, it was how brand i was like mm-hmm. whoa, whoa oh okay that okay. was so cool okay the, the shot where they you know, uh, inverted the camera upside down and his reflection is the Sauron in the full armor and the mm-hmm. helmet and everything. Uh, that kind of gave me some chills for a second. And the creation of Mordor mm-hmm. was really like, oh, that's how it happened. Yeah. Um, so the Lord of the Rings fan in me is, is very happy with a lot of it. Technically, if you look at the Cimmerillion and all that, the wizards didn't show up till the Third Age. We're in the second age. So, yes, it's a little well, early. They, they took some liberties. Yes. But, but so did so did Pete Jackson. He did. So okay. With adaptations, there's going to be liberties. You really can't hold based on or adaptations or stuff to a fine tooth comb. You can't. You just can't. You'll always be disappointed if you do. But all in all, I was pretty, um, pretty pleased. Uh, me and mom thoroughly enjoyed it. However, I can tell you that someone who didn't enjoy it was uh, Mr. Bernard Hill. Oh, no. Uh, our own King Theoden. Uh <laughs> He said, it's a money-making venture, and I'm not interested in watching that or being in it. Good luck to them and all that stuff, but it's not like the real thing. It's like, well, okay. as you might say, Tyler, it sounds a little, a little too get off my lawn. Yes, it does. Don't you think? But, you know, I enjoyed it, but not as much as I enjoyed House of the Dragon. Yeah. House of the Dragon was great. It was pretty great. Um, It reminded me of the excitement of those early seasons of Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, I felt like I was Sunday back in nights, it. baby. Yes. I felt like I was back in it with like, this is good stuff right here. I will say I still sort of struggled because I did watch it in like, you know, there were some gaps between my, mm-hmm. my watches. I had a hard time keeping track of like, whose kids were, who's, yeah. and who's the baby daddy and who's from which, mom and all yeah. that like i had a hard time with the family tree um well, but, especially as they kept time jumping yeah the time the time jumps uh, yeah it was intense man it yeah. was really intense. that last episode whoo right really but when when viserys walks through those doors and shows up for his daughter yeah. and that scene and make and the hand stands up and he's like uh, uh and he's like i think i'll sit in today Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yes. And I say Patty, I say a lot of them, but Patty, who plays Viserys, Emmys all around. He was my favorite character in the show, I think. He was fantastic. Favorite performance, for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it took me a little while to to convince mom that the hand 
uh, Otto, Otto is Lophilius uh, Lovegood from Harry Z- Potter. Uh, Xenophilius Lovegood. Yeah, Xenophilius Lovegood. And uh, yeah, he was also Kurt Connors and he was Spider-Man. He was. Uh, it's like he is in a lot of nerd culture and yeah. so different in everything he plays. He's also a quality actor. And that's what I really love about a lot of our nerd culture and a lot of, you know, MCU and DC and all that aside, but a lot of the fantasy and nerd culture finds these quality performers and like the performances, your wheel of time, Lord of the Rings, house of the dragon, game of Thrones, these performances you get out of some of these people, some of them you didn't know before they were in this. And you're just right. like, Oh my God, these people have been walking around just in things that I'm not watching and they are good at what they mm. do. Uh, it's just, and, and I loved that Matt Smith didn't change. Yeah. Every, all the other actors changed other than some other hair than a little bit. S- some of the, you know, Viserys didn't change. Matt Smith didn't change, but I loved that because he's fantastic as Damon. Arguably one of the better doctor who's probably oh, one I- of the few things that, was good about Morbius was him. Now that I can agree with. I, I can't comment on the uh, Doctor Who thing because I don't know anything. Well, about I, I haven't watched a lot. I've only watched a little bit of Tenets and Matt Smith's, but many people swear by Matt Smith a lot. I enjoyed them both. You know, King Thaden's comment, like you said, why, 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 why did you have to say it? That way, he could have just said, oh, I'm not really interested. You know, good luck to him, but I don't think I'll be in it. Why do you have to take his time to say, It's a money grab, it's not the real thing? All right, dude. I mean, everything's a, a, a money everything's grab. A money really. grab yeah. So was Lord of the Rings. I mean, <laughs> I got a few little fun things here for you. Okay. I'm, ex- um, I'm very excited. I call it the Joker's Corner. Uh, first, I have a uh, a plot hole okay that i want to discuss a possible plot hole if you have an answer to it or if or if you've seen someone answer it please let me know in no way home oh no the spell is everyone who knows peter parker spider-man right is brought over electro didn't know peter parker was spider-man he even said man i thought you were black I didn't know you were a white boy under there. Electro never finds out hmm. that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. So why was he brought over? Hmm. Is it a plot hole? Oh, no. I mean, you, you, you know, we'll let you research a little bit. But I was, I was re-watching it the other day, just trying to go to bed. Right. And then it hit me. When Electro is brought in, and then later when he says that to Garfield, I was like, he doesn't know who he is. Why was he brought over? Okay. I have found ScreenRant.com's write-up about this very topic. ScreenRant. Let's see. 
The Marvel Cinematic Universe appears to introduce a significant electro plot hole in Spider-Man No Way Home, but the film may subtly offer a solution. Spider-Man No Way Home brought various Spider-Man franchises together for the first time in the movie. Peter Parker appeals to Doctor Strange to make the world forget that he's secretly Spider-Man and the Sorcerer obliges. Unfortunately, the spell goes wrong and villains from past Spider-Man films appear in the MCU these incoming villains include Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, Willem Dafoe's Green mm-hmm. Goblin, and Jamie Foxx's Electro, blah, blah, blah. Following the film's release, fans pointed out an Electro plot hole, but the film may have a solution. In the movie, villains that know Peter Parker or Spider-Man enter the MCU, but Electro doesn't technically discover that in his film. However, according to a theory, uh, it's just a theory, via Reddit, Electro explains why he enters the MCU. When Electro remembers how he came to the MCU, he recalls his fight with Spider-Man in the Amazing Spider-Man 2. According to Electro, he was in a power grid and absorbing data. Because he was absorbing data, the theory states he likely discovered Spider-Man's identity. Hmm. It's a very simple way to explain the plot issues. This could encompass any number of solutions. For example, Electra could have found security footage showing Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker as Spider-Man or pieced together the discovery through various bits of information. Um, I think that's a great way to explain it, but I think that, yeah, maybe they just made a boo-boo. Hmm. Wow. Um, I mean, I, yeah, it's a. It's and very, I didn't even think about that. It's a very uh, backdoor way to explain it away. I mean, you know, someone thought that up as an answer, but okay. I just wanted to. I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that. Yeah. And I, because I was a little, I was like, how? I've, this is now the fourth time I've seen this movie, and now I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. I wish you hadn't pointed that out. (laughs) Screen rant saved you. They explained it for you. I guess. (laughs) All right. So the joke of Joker's Corner that I bring to you today. All right. So the only two white actors in Black Panther are Martin Freeman, who played Bilbo Baggins, and Andy Serkis, who played Gollum. Mm. One might call them the Tolkien white guys. <laughs> oh, eee, I have no uh. kids. Woof! <laughs> no <kids. laughs> <laughs> goodness! All right, All right. goodness! Uh, yeah, we we went there. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, so I had to, <laughs> you know. Inject a little bit more humor into this. Oh, I'm so glad you did. I'm also bringing in a nerd vocabulary word. It's been a little All while right. since we've done yeah. this. Gotta have that. Goblin mode. Voted 2022's Oxford Word of the Year. Okay. Goblin mode is a slang term referring to a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Oh man. I've goblin seen mode. I've seen a lot of goblins in my day. Yeah. Thank you public school system. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Oxford for giving us a nerd vocabulary word. Yeah, and thank you Oxford. Uh, makes my job a little easier not having to create them. Riddle me this juice. Oh no. What has a neck? But no head. 
a neck but no head a neck but no head what has a neck but no head hmm. a guitar i mean yeah technically you could but that's not the answer no it's a bottle i guess technically a guitar could work we yeah. call them necks yeah yeah like where all the frets are yeah we call those necks so there's two answers to that aha word. loophole yes a loophole baby I found out something else, some new information that has come to light. Okay. The 12 days of Christmas. What 12 days of Christmas do you think the song is about? The 12 days leading up to? I guess that's what most people think. But initially, originally, it talked about December 25th marking the first of the original 12 days of Christmas. Uh, it might seem unbelievable, uh, given that the Christmas creep now begins before Halloween, but the true Christmas season actually starts on Christmas Day itself. The original 12 days of Christmas meant to start on Christmas Day. It is the period in what became Christian theology that marks the span between the birth of Christ and the coming of the Magi. The 12 days it took them to arrive to the manger. Oh, well, that makes sense. Initially, that's what the song was written about. The 12 days of Christmas was initially started on Christmas Day. What terrible gifts those 12 days of Christmas brought to that, that poor person. It brought those, a lot of birds. Those birds, man. Yeah. like The, the office did a, a good job sort of playing that out for us, how that would go. It was a lot of birds. Didn't go well. It the didn't. drummer, the drummer's part was good. Yes, and the drum imagine, part was good. I imagine the the five golden rings part would be good. I don't remember if they did that, but the birds, not so much. Yeah, it's a lot of birds, a lot of birds. I'd be pissed off too if someone brought me that many birds. Why couldn't Just... it be like twelve Lamborghinis? <laughs> Have you heard the spoof song that came out during COVID on the uh, first probably. day of quarantine? This COVID hey, year Funko gave me, Pops. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. Check it out. But uh, we are going to step away and take a quick break and we return. We're going to be talking about a topic that has been highly publicized in the last couple of weeks and has pretty much each day given us some new news about it. And, and, and this is why you probably need, need therapy. Yes. As a DC it fan. It is. It is why I need therapy. And I'm, I'm happy as, as a doctor yeah. to uh, provide you with those services coming I'll, up after uh, the break. I'll book, a, I'll book a sesh or two. Dr. Juice is here for you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But more of that and more when 30 and 30 Podcast returns. All right. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award-winning, silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business 
has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind-the-scenes features, new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now, we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, Tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madam's Podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed, too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think, you found your new favorite show. New episodes of The Madams drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TheMadamsPod, or on our website, TheMadamsPod.com. Now, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere, that's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. Lucky for me, I dialed OEB. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Woke up all broke up and messed up. Laying there in pain as if it wasn't bad enough. Couldn't work much and the bills are piling up. Insurance company wasn't paying up. I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done. Call 5461111. You're in pain, yeah, we got you. You can't pay, yeah, we got you too. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We are back. And we're here to tell you that the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change Mm. again. That's right. If you've had your fingers to the pulse over the last two weeks, or if you've followed anybody in your friends list or any news outlets in our culture, you have read... So much DC news in the last couple of weeks. And not only has it taken us a little bit to to finally get back on the mics with each other because of our busy life. I'm glad because I needed some time to dissect all of this, to to digest it, to put my words down to to notepad. Because I didn't want to just, if we had recorded when all this news started coming out, I don't know what I would have said. I'd have been 
happy, angry, sad, confused, all of the things that I have felt. Right, right. Over the last couple of weeks as a DC right. fan. And, you know, we've had this running joke uh, ever since season one of 30 and 30 podcast that it is hard to be a DC guy. Yes, yes. It's hard. It's very tough. Uh, but I think let's talk the changes. So we were given literally within the last month, we were given a Black Adam post credit scene with the return of Henry Cavill's Superman. Crowd goes wild. Everyone's excited. Then Henry Cavill announces that he's returning. He officially announces his return. Oh, man, of Steel 2 can happen or or Superman of Tomorrow or maybe we can see Brainiac or uh, nope. Now, in a matter of a couple weeks, Henry Cavill meets with with old James, old Jimmy, and they say, actually, about that, we're going in a different direction. If you have ever been an actor or really anything and you get told we're going in a different direction, it's gut-wrenching, especially for someone like Henry Cavill. He's a nerd. He's one of us. He loved being Superman. He loved being Geralt. And within a month, he is now no longer either one. And I want I want to touch base on the Geralt stuff. I know a lot. I, initially, I was angry. I blamed with before really researching and all that. That's right, researching myself. It can change opinions. It what? can change opinions. After doing some research, is Cavill was kind of on the way out anyways. The Witcher. He was not really happy with the creative decisions. He felt that some of them were disrespectful to the source material. He just didn't get along with the the people adapting it. And, you know, I get that. He he has been a fan of The Witcher since reading him as a, as a young Henry Cavill. So he knows the ins and outs of the entire Witcher universe. And if he's not happy doing it, I can't fault Shouldn't him for leaving. But then to come back and get to be in the cape again and and get to be in that blue suit and then get told a couple weeks later actually no we're actually going to go in a different direction but if you do a little bit of digging james also said we love henry we've had a great conversation with henry and we look forward to working with him in future projects what that means we'll have to wait and see Will he get to be an older Superman down the road as a multiverse type of thing? Maybe. Maybe he'll be a completely different character. We have to wait and see. What are your thoughts on the changes, Juice? I have two different trains of thought on this because, one, it sucks that slowly we're finding out all these things that we thought we were going to get or all these things that were established are no longer to be. I mean, in a matter of just days, you know, no more Wonder Woman. They canceled Batman Beyond. Uh, yeah, no Batman Beyond. We're not going to have any more uh, Black Adam. The Rock is is out apparently. And we <laughs> I found thought out, he was. I uh, thought he was part of creative. And Black Adam just did not really do as well as they had hoped. No, it did um, not. So no more Black Adam. I'm hearing uh, no more uh, Shazam. 
see, I uh, the little bit that I've I've read about Shazam is he may be safe. Levi may be safe. Um, I don't know what that means. Those were his words. He right. said he was Gucci. Maybe he doesn't know yet. I don't know. Um, but and and truthfully, they haven't even said Gal Gadot's out. They just said they're not doing Wonder Woman not, three. No, no Wonder Woman three. So it concerns me because the cast for Justice League, you know, these characters I thought was, you know, great. Yeah. Um yeah. so it's hard, like, you know, we're doing a thing here where we're gonna recast the Justice League for like a new universe. Yeah. Uh, fantasy casting and i really struggled because they were so perfect already now but on the other hand james gunn is a great director he has a great mind for this genre mm-hmm. um and 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 he's going to be committed to to doing a great job and doing it right so i i anticipate that eventually we're going to get to a good place with all this, yes. but it just sucks that we have to start over again. It seems like. Agree. And, and here's the thing is, is uh, yes, I joke about that being tough, being a DC fan, but yeah, well it is. And it is, but the words that I wanted to write down that I wanted to say is I was angry at first. Um, I was angry for Henry because he was a great Superman and he really loved the part. But at the same time, while I hate that, you can hate it for Henry. You can hate that for him, but you can also be excited for what Gunn may bring us. You know, like I I trust James Gunn. Look at what he did with C-listers like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. And now they're in, in the top favorites of many people who didn't even read the damn comics. Yeah. So, a.k.a. me, I didn't read a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was C-list. Same. And now, you know, some of them are in like the top 10 of the MCU if I were to sit here and rank them. Yeah. So, obviously, he's not an idiot when it comes to the comic book world. He knows his stuff. And Peacemaker was great. Peacemaker is fantastic. Uh, Suicide Squad was James Gunn, right? It was. It was uh, great. It was great. I 100% blame the old regime for where we're at now. In 2012, when Dark Knight Rises came out, and you knew that Nolan was done, Bale was done, and you were going to have to move forward with uh, another Batman, and you didn't decide right then and there, we're following marvel protocol right then and there 10 years ago you had the opportunity to reset and you didn't yeah we were already seeing that success because avengers was coming out like right before that so exactly this is the direct like this works this is the direction we should go in people are going to be expecting that there was was no vision it was handed to them on a silver platter. Or there was vision, but the vision changed. Yes. Which and is essentially the same thing. So I'm, I'm going to play a devil's advocate for a lot of camps here. Because for a little while, I was in the Restore the Snyderverse uh, uh, group. And when, and just to justify something 
when people say restore the Snyderverse, they're not saying Zack Snyder has to direct every single movie. Right. They mean more of his, his vision, his idea, his cast. Yes. So just getting that out of the way first. In the other camp, after Zach had to leave because for F's sake, his daughter died. Can't fault him for that. They could have reset everything then. Go ahead and cut the cord with us then. But they didn't. They gave us the Justice League, as it's called, version. They let Joss Whedon uh, butcher it. But then they kept going with these, these bad movies for a little while. So there were times well before this that they could have stopped, found someone quality to say, we're following the Marvel blueprint. We're rebooting, we're recasting now. So in the last 10 years, they had every opportunity to. And now everyone's freaking out because they're actually doing what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. They're going to give it levity again. They're going to, James Gunn has, has went on record saying he is a massive fan of Young Justice and the Old Justice League Unlimited, that he will follow a lot of that feel and that he's pulling from a lot of that. That's a cohesive universe. That's what he knows we want. Mm-hmm. And the people who are so up in arms to the point where they're hashtagging fire games gun already and they're threatening him and they're being rude and on something you haven't even seen where it goes yet. Yeah. It's not even started really. So like a lot of these are the same people. Okay. Who would think that things were, let's say fine, their direction they were heading and they were content with it. But I want to speak some numbers to you. Okay. These are the top five worst performing DC movies. Now, if you go to Variety, they will show you the budget. They will show you additional marketing costs, which doesn't go into a lot of reports whenever they say, oh, it made this or overtime. They don't tell you how much they spent on marketing. So this is every dollar spent into the movie. They then took what it made. And saw how much the movie actually lost. So these are the top five worst performing movies. Losing $60 million. The Justice League cut. Joss Whedon's vision. Losing $50 million. Birds of Prey. Which we thought was great. I liked it. Losing $100 million. Black Adam. Mm -hmm. Losing $160 million. Wonder Woman 84. Mm. Losing $170 million, another movie we liked, The Suicide Squad. Man. Also James Gunn, though. So it's that one like, really surprises me. Is it because those went straight to Yes, streaming? and I think that has a lot to do with it. You had people not going to the movies. Yeah. That has to stop, too. Stop dropping it on HBO Max with the movies. Because, yes, we talk about it all the time. The experience of the movie theater, there's nothing like it on an opening night, Mm -hmm. watching a a comic book movie Mm -hmm. like we do. But we've also learned the past few movies, 
that it's not as fun as it is anymore because you've got these damn teenagers <laughs> on their phone talking on their phones in the movie. Yeah. Something we never did. No. Running up and down, leaving, 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 coming back, yeah. talking, chattering, laughing, commentating on the whole movie like it's mystery science theater. And it's like, I'd rather stay at home and watch this. Yeah. The movie is not getting theater bucks when people stay at home and watch it. Which is we, what caused all that crap with Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson. Well, we did go to the Suicide Squad. We did go to the, the Suicide theaters, Squad. And then I watched it on HBO Max the next day because I thought it was so great. Yeah. But those are a lot of them. And like I said, I'm playing Devil Devil's Advocate. Our Schneiderverse characters. Yeah. And those movies just hemorrhaged money. I they mean, hemorrhaged you money. You add all that up. That's a lot of money lost and that's kind of when i started realizing like okay do we really need the Snyderverse, you know redone or like restored because these movies have lost a ton of money and they are snyder verse characters yeah he's not directing them but it's his vision it's his characters it's his cast and they're just bleeding money so obviously we need something to happen now we have james gunn and saffron who are going to be the the feiges of the dc universe yeah and they're cutting everything and they are planning video games shows cartoons and movies and some comics to be all continuity, connected yeah. all connected which is okay good. let's freaking do it at this point we need something new to breathe life into the DC universe. So I'm here for it. I've went over so many emotions over the last week or so, just like, I don't know what to think. Like, I, yeah, I trust James Gunn. And yeah, I want to see DC great. And yeah, I want to see something new. And But I also hate this for Cavill. I hate this for Affleck. I, you know, whatever. But at, at, now I'm at the point where it's like, all right, let's, we need to go a different direction. It's just exhausting because of just like, oh, we're going to get this. We're going to get like, we're going to get Batgirl. We're going to get, you know, Blue Beetle. Or we're going to get yeah. blah, 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 Batman Beyond, you know, yeah. all these things. And then up, oh, nope, we're not going to do that. Not nope, pull yeah. the plug on that. Nope, this is happening. This is changing. This is cut. It's just. It's exhausting. Ugh. Well, and then you've got The Rock who, you know, was just met with Gunn and they're friends and supporters of each other. Uh, and and Gunn's words were, you are, I have no plans for Black Adam in, I don't know how he worded it, the first phase or yeah. the first series of stories, there are no plans for Black Adam. So this 15-year project of Rocks, this passion project, which his production company owns the rights to, the character, dead, done. done. I mean, we started For hearing now, about The least. Rock and Black Adam when I was still working at Buffalo Wild Wings, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. I mean, but also, if you do a little digging, you find out that The Rock was releasing false information and numbers to make Black Adam's numbers look like it did better than it actually did. Uh, yeah. I'm fluffing his numbers. Yeah. And people were shocked, and I'm like, that. dude, he's a WWE character. 
Of course he fluffs himself. He was raised into that. Now that he's uh, maybe not so uh, invested in the superhero world, maybe he can come back to the ring for a little bit. And fight WrestleMania. WrestleMania is coming up, Rocky. So uh, let's, you know, let's let's adjust our priorities here. Exactly. We need you for Mania season, but we sure do. As we like to do here, we like to drop our cast ideas. And I know Josh loves this segment. Yeah. Um. So a little random Nerdica, since we are getting a recast and we really don't know who's going to play what, we all know they're going to be young, much younger versions of themselves, like man of tomorrow age for Superman, like year two for Superman, kind of like, you know, and even though Gunn said that Pattinson won't stay around and be the new Batman past his trilogy, you never know, that could change, but a lot of my cast have actually never been in superhero films. Some of them. So okay. we are we are just doing the the eight. Well, technically the nine because we're going to do Hal Jordan and John Stewart <laughs> as the Green Lantern. Because you never know. You know, do you read different origins? It's either one. So uh, let's start with Superman. All right. Who do you cast? I didn't really have any immediate ideas, but I will tell you, I have seen some theories about Austin Butler. I don't know that I wow. can see it. I don't know that I like it just yet, um, but I think he's super talented. Uh, so maybe. Yeah. So I didn't really have an idea, but I did throw that theory out there for you. His Austin. SNL. His SNL was funny. He, I did enjoy him on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if anyone's listening and doesn't know what we're talking about, this is the guy who played Elvis and just phenomenally killed it. Oof. Oh my goodness! So I am a fan of him. Yeah, can't see him in the role, but yeah, whatever. But you know, things happen. Uh, mine is Alexander Skarsgård. Okay. Now this is one of the legendary Skarsgård family. Uh, he has never been in a superhero film. Um, and I believe this is the one that was Tarzan. Oh, yes. I believe this is the one that was Tarzan. Yes. His brother is Pennywise. His dad is Bootstrap Bill Turner. It's just a legendary acting family. Mm. Um, I think he's got the cut. I think he's got the look. Yeah. Be a good choice. Yeah. So Batman. Um, I don't think this is a super creative answer, but it's something I'd want to see. And we've been saying it for a long time. Jensen Ackles. Yeah, that is my cast. Uh, I casted Jensen as Batman, uh, but I also said if they went in a little bit older Batman than Superman, not too old, but John Hamm. Yeah, and I've seen that one. I think he'd be to good. Batman but for a long a little too time. Old. Yeah, I think he's too old. But yeah, Jensen is my number one pick. He's great as the voice. Let him play it live action. I agree. So let's do uh, Wonder Woman. This one's tough, man, because she was so perfect already. Yeah. Um, but I really struggled. I was thinking, like, is there some sort of a like a wrestler? I thought about like Britt Baker or somebody. Mm-hmm. That would never happen because they're going to want to cast someone who's you know got the name notoriety going for him and that would be a much smaller circle uh 
Also, Jamie Alexander, she was uh, Lady Sif in the MCU. Yeah. But I could see her doing it. I, other than that, I really just didn't have any ideas. Um, she, uh, the one that I uh, cast is, uh, she was uh, recently in uh, Dana DeLorenzo. Uh, she was recently in, uh, she's an associate of Bruce Campbell's was in stars uh ash versus the evil dead um did you see it no it's short-lived as a, yeah. as a series i remember it i enjoyed happening, it but uh but much. yeah look her up if you don't know who she is uh dana de lorenzo i think she'd be great but if i had my 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 qualms my druthers just keep gal Gadot. yeah exactly that's what yeah. i'm saying she's perfect that's one you can keep yeah Aquaman or Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Um, all right, I had two thoughts. Um, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Um, might be a little too similar to Heimdall, though. And also, and I can't pronounce his name, but we just talked about him. He was uh, Lizard and Spider Man, Xenophilius Lovegood, mm-hmm. uh, Reese. Ifans, Ifans, whatever. I could see him maybe doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, typically, they are voiced. Uh, Martian Manhunter is voiced and typically played by uh, African American. Uh, that's mixed. what I. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. For years, uh, Lamar. Lamar is uh, from Mad TV. Mm-hmm. He's done John Stewart. He's done Martian Manhunter. Uh, Martian Manhunter's also been voiced by uh, <laughs> Voices Cleveland Jr. He's in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. He's an Ollie and Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, Ollie and you Family. You want this guy. dog? Yeah, um, he's also voiced uh, the Manhunter before. Uh, so my Martian Manhunter uh, would be. And he's also in Doctor Strange. Chueto EF4. He's uh oh he's in Doctor Strange as uh uh Mordo. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's who my uh Martian Manhunter would be. I think he's got the voice for it, he's got the look. Yeah. Let's see. Um I realize he's been in a comic book movie, but wouldn't be the first time. The Flash. I got three names written down for the flash. My first one, this is like, I know this is like the woke like option or whatever, and that's fine, but I could see it being really good. Elliot page. Yes. Uh, I also put down Taryn Egerton. Okay. And Joe Keery from stranger things. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, Joe Keery as Barry Allen. And then I had uh, Cameron Monaghan as Wally West, depending on which Flash they... Because mm. obviously Barry Allen is the first Flash. He is the origin of Flash. He's right. blah, 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 before, you know, after Garrick. But if you go back and watch the old Justice League Unlimited cartoons, that's the Wally West Flash. That uh, the guy from... Smallville voices. 
the guy who played Lex in Smallville actually voiced, voices the Flash in the old Unlimited. And that was Wally West, not Barry Allen. So e- either direction they go with Flash, I think Cameron would be a great Wally West. He's got the red hair. Um, but Joe Carey was – I think Joe Carey would be great if Elliot – I just I just want to see Joe Carey doing something in the superhero genre. Yeah. He'd be great, I think. Yeah. Moving on with Aquaman. Jason Momoa. <laughs> Jason Momoa. I mean, him. yes. Um, if not – what about uh, the dude who played Jacob in Twilight? I don't know his name. Uh, Taylor Lautner? Yeah. What has he done lately? I don't know. Oh, I also had another one for uh, Martian Manhunter was Lance Reddick. I don't know who that is. You'd know his voice. Taylor Lautner has done something as recently as this year a movie called home team on netflix it's a kevin james movie Hmm. he is 30 years old aquaman uh, i actually also have as a dream cast for oliver queen but if he wasn't oliver queen he could also play uh charlie hunneman from sons of anarchy Mm -hmm. and that king arthur movie that he was in and you also want him to be Wolverine, right? I think he'd be great. Yeah, I think Hunnaman would be great as Aquaman, as Green Arrow, as Wolverine. He'd be great. He's just good. Cyborg. Didn't have a lot of ideas. Uh, thought about this kid, Jabari Banks. He plays Will on the new uh, Bel Air Mm-hmm. adaptation on peacock which i thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that i saw this past year uh so i chose him all right i had two okay all right uh it would be either be marcus rutherford from wheel of time okay but you haven't watched <laughs> nope <laughs> uh or john boyega yes yeah so either the Guy from Wheel of Time or John Boyega from the Star Wars sequels would be my cyborg. What about your two Green Lanterns? Struggled on this one. Hal Jordan. For some reason, I always have to go and think about wrestlers who could play parts. <laughs> so I thought about MJF. Yeah. Who is just oozing charisma and talent and everything. Uh, and I also thought this is another one Jensen Ackles could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For Jon Stewart, I didn't have great ideas. Thought about uh, Michael Che from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> okay. I mean, why not? I don't know. Okay. That's uh, a weird choice, but I just pictured it for some reason. Um, my Hal Jordan is, and you haven't seen this yet, I'm sure, is Glenn Powell. He was in Top Gun Maverick. No, but they did just put it on Paramount. So, and he's also got another it. movie coming out, which is a flying movie with the guy playing Kane, the Conqueror. You seen that trailer? Oh yet? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that yeah, guy. Sure That's yeah. my Hal Jordan. He'd also be a good Aquaman or Barry Allen. So, or heck, Oliver Queen. Uh, he's also my uh, dream cast for Cyclops and the X Men. Uh, my John Stewart is uh, Jai White. 
Yeah. He's got the voice. Yeah. He's got the look. I know he's a little older. I was going to say. But he's... God, hearing him say John Stewart lines would be fantastic. And I mean, if he physically can. Comp- could look like it. I mean, it is Green Lantern. You know, you're going to have to do some CG uh, with it anyways. You can make him look young. I mean, I, this fan casting for this is hard because I have always, like, throughout watching things, been like, oh, they'd play a good, they'd play a good, oh, they'd be good for DC, or oh, they'd be a good Manhunter. Um, like, Alexander Daddario would be a good Wonder Woman if they didn't bring back Gal Gadot. Uh, she was in the Percy Jackson movies. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. She'd be good. Yeah, you can see that. It's 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 tough doing this because I'm so passionate about DC. Yeah, you know I don't want it to to be a joke anymore. I just don't. <laughs> but if you have any dream casts or fan casting, uh, let us know. Thirty Nerdy Pod at gmail.com. Hit us up on social medias. We are going to uh, step away and take a quick break. And when we come back, it's it's Christmas time. So we're celebrating Christmas uh, with uh, with the Muppets. Yay! That's right. It's the 30th anniversary of a Muppet Christmas Carol. And that's what we're talking about when 30 Nerdy Podcast returns. Waka waka. Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere, that's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done. Called 546 You're in pain, yeah, we got you. You can't pay, yeah, we got you too. Boom, turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now, call OEB Law. Boom, turn your wreck into a check. We got you back now, call OEB Law. My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can turn into nightmares. Join me as I tell you haunting and horrific reveries about missing people and senseless murders. I also interview survivors and people seeking justice for themselves or a loved one. New episodes come out every Monday morning, and sometimes you'll get bonus episodes on Thursdays. Wherever you're listening to this current podcast right now, you can find Reverie True Crime. Hi, this is Will Jewell, director of Concrete Plans. You're listening to 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Heart with an endless joy, with a growing family, every girl and boy will be nephew and niece to me. Nephew and niece to me will bring love, hope, and peace to me. Love, hope, and peace to me. Yes, and every night will end, and every day will start with a grateful. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes, and we are celebrating Christmas. Uh, first off, as you're listening to this, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, happy Kwanzaa. All that stuff. Happy Diwali to those who celebrate. Everybody looks so jolly. Have a happy, 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 happy Diwali. I actually skip that episode a lot. It's cringe. It is 
very cringe. It is. The proposal thing, too much for me. No, no, Michael. I no. No, I can't do that, Michael. Sorry. No. no. I can't do that, Michael. Sorry. Not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it, Michael. Nope. All right. So we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh starring, of course, all the Muppets. Yeah. That we grew up to and love, and uh, uh, younger Michael Caine as Scrooge. Uh, and wasn't it, he wonderful? He was fantastic. Uh, I believe that I've said in our last two Christmas episodes in the last two seasons, I have made comments about the fact that I'm apparently in the minority. Like it's the only time me and Micah Shane Brewer have ever disagreed on anything is that this is the best retelling. This is the best Christmas Carol. It's his favorite Christmas Carol. And I said, Mike Shane, I think you're crazy. I said, I think, uh, I think that's insane because there's George C. Scott's. The, which is amazing. Which is amazing. But and it's not my favorite. Then I found out that I'm kind of in the minority. A lot of people are like, oh, no, it's Muppets, man. It's the best Christmas Carol. Yeah, a lot I'm of like, people do think that. Why? Because it's the yeah. Muppets and there's some songs in it. It's not the worst. I'll tell you the worst. Jim Carrey's. Jim Carrey's. Oh, for, yes. Leaps 100, and bounds. 100,000 million percent. It was the man who gave us the Grinch failed at giving us Scrooge. <laughs> uh, my favorite is Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's, that's my favorite Scrooge. That my is my favorite version. That is a very good one, too. Uh, so we're celebrating uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol turned 30 this month. Millennials everywhere, knees are cracking just hearing that and their back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> they need their vitamins. And <laughs> uh, So what are, your, what are your first uh, memories of this? I really don't don't know, dude. I The past two or three topics that we've covered these are ones that I've not had like these distinct memories of, you know, seeing it for the first time or growing yeah. up with it or anything like that. Like, I'm sure I saw it because I've always loved the Muppets. Well, yeah, always. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had but, the Muppet yeah. show, Muppet Babies. I mean, Muppets were everywhere when we were growing Muppet up. Muppet Babies, uh, the Muppet show. A, there was an, an ABC like re, uh, yeah. redo of, of the Muppet show. And I watched that a lot. Muppet Treasure Island was one of my, Favorites oh, as a kid. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim, Jim, Jim. Saw it in the theater, had the tape, watched it on repeat, loved it. Uh, Muppets from Space. Uh, the Muppets movie. Muppets Take with, Manhattan. With uh, Jason uh, Siegel. Jason Siegel in it. Yeah. Love all of them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Muppets fan for sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah but I, I, don't, I don't recall any memories of this one. So, I don't know. It's just sort of one that I've. I think my first passing. memories. Uh, is watching it on VHS at my grandparents' house. Right. Probably seven, eight years old, the first time I actually laid eyes on it. You know, of course, we were three when it came out, so we weren't in the theaters watching it. No. Uh, first off, parents taking a three-year-old, I think it's crazy. It happens. I mean, I remember when we when I went and saw Deadpool 1, the first time there was a woman in front of me with her had to be four-year-old on her lap and she was getting pissed off every time they cussed 
wound up leaving halfway through saying, this is ridiculous. My kid doesn't need to be in this. I'm like, lady, did you not research Deadpool before you brought your four-year-old? So like, I know my mom wasn't taking me at three to sit in her lap to watch Muppets Christmas Carol in the theaters. I do have this very distinct memory. Like this is one of my first memories. Like when I went to the movies as a kid, it was when my dad would take me like on the weekends that I was with my dad. And I remember as a really, really, really young kid, like had to be three or four years old. He took me to the movies to see something. And I remember seeing something with the Muppets, like a like an image for like a preview or something. I remember seeing Miss Piggy and I think it might have been for this. Really? But then after that, something happened and it scared me. It might have been even something in a preview for this. Yeah. Like one of the ghosts or something. I don't know. But yeah. something freaked me out. And I was like, ah, oh, we got to get out of here. So we had to leave. And I remember my dad trying to be like, oh, I'm going to get my money back because my kids, you know, freaked out for the movie even started. And they were like, no. So he was like, man. But anyway. Yeah. yeah at the time so, it was like, can I get my four bucks back? Yeah, exactly. Now it'd be, can I have my $35 back for my, right. my ticket? <laughs> For my kid's ticket. <laughs> if you go back and watch the trailer of this, the trailer is kind of terrifying. That had really dark. They really darkened it and like made it so like a Muppet horror movie. Like the way they, they lit everything and the way Scrooge I mean, it's, was sold. And, it's a ghost story. So. Yeah, I mean, it is a ghost story at the end. But then watching it, it's less scary than the trailer. It is. Um I and one of the aspects I enjoyed most about the entire movie, I didn't love the songs. I thought they were cheesy. Yeah, I don't like most um, of the songs either. Is Gonzo and Rizzo narrating it, and something always happens to Rizzo. Yeah, like he gets hit by a window, or he falls, or gets hit by a rock, or and Gonzo just doesn't pay any attention to it. I read that this was one of the first adaptations where they actually quoted the narrations straight from the book. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's like gonzo and rizzo were just reading the book yeah and so gonzo as charles dickens actually yes you know, yeah and he, i mean he was dressed like dickens marley was dead and all that yeah. stuff so yeah i enjoyed that i enjoyed uh obviously the the fact that it was marley and marley <laughs> or marley and, Wal- and marley yeah. yeah statler and waldorf being marley and marley oftentimes i compare the two of us to statler and yes. waldorf Especially the older we get when we watch stuff. Just... <laughs> no! <laughs> I'll tell you what's worse than my back hurting. Her voice! No! Oh! <laughs> I enjoy it. You know, like I said, it's not my favorite rendition of Christmas Carol, but it might be my second favorite Muppet movie. My favorite Muppet movie is uh, Muppets uh, Go to Hollywood. That's my favorite one. Um, where it begins with Kermit and singing, why are there so many? That songs? would be uh, the first one. The first one, yeah. Just and the big scary monster thing is hitchhiking and following them too. I never know his name. I don't know his name either, but I remember about. Yeah. Did me. you? Uh, did you not ever see uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan? One time, but I cannot remember it for the life of me. I watched the first one a lot. I watched this one pretty good. And of course, I watched Treasure Island like crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could still quote you Treasure Island. 
Yeah, I watched I that see. one so much. Tim Curry, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a oh Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim, Jim boy. Jim, Jimmy, Jim. Um Billy Conley. Billy Conley. Funny guy. Very funny. But the biggest thing I remember about this movie is the fact that I was like, gosh, it's poor Rizzo. Stuff keeps happening to him while they're traveling through time. And I was like, Gonzo, don't give an F about this poor guy. And he's supposed to be his best friend. And I enjoyed Michael Caine. I mean, he was a great Scrooge. Did you know uh, who else was considered for Scrooge? Who? There were several, but one of the big ones was George Carlin. And I think. Wow. Now, so it would have been totally different because I think George Carlin would have been very humorous and everything michael kane wanted it to be like real he said if i'm gonna do it i want it to be like you know almost like shakespearean very formal like a real performance you know of this so uh he played it yeah he was he was like uh, i'm not gonna wink i'm not gonna smile george carlin you know would have been i I think he would have played up with the silliness of the muppets oh yeah yeah but (laughs) that would have been really interesting it would have been a fun one to see. Like, Marley, what are you doing here? <laughs> You're supposed to be dead. I think Carlin could play Scrooge, though. I, I would I like would to see a rendition where George Carlin plays Scrooge. I think that would have been fun. Did you know that halfway through production, uh, Sir Michael Caine realized that this was Brian Henson's directorial debut? Yes. And to this day, Kane still says he was very impressed. Uh, this was, let's see, the first Muppets movie done after Jim Henson had passed away. Mm-hmm. So that's why he had taken over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a timeless classic. And I watch it every Christmas, even if I say it's not my favorite Christmas carol. I watch three or four renditions of the Christmas carol every Christmas. Yeah. Like at different times throughout December. Uh, obviously I've said my favorite one is the one where George C. Scott is Scrooge, his voice, his timbre, but Michael Caine brings, he brings Michael Caine in the aspect where he's, he's bad. He's Scrooge, but there's still something so elegant about him as Scrooge. Scrooge has to be, you have to sort of have this fear of him and he has to come across as, you know, the grouch and all that, but he also has to be sympathetic and yes. he's got to be warm and all these different things. He's got to, got to have a big range. Michael Caine. Yeah. It, it just nails it. So yeah. he's probably my second favorite Scrooge. Over Sir after, Patrick. After Sir Patrick. Okay. Yeah. Right behind him anyway. I would say he's my third. Uh, one time I went back and watched like the 1940s one or 50s one or something, and I was mm. like, This is terrible! <laughs> so, like, this is awful. The Scrooge isn't bad, but ugh, no wonder they redo this every 15 years. <laughs> so, here's something interesting about the Muppet Christmas Carol. Do you remember the shot where uh, Kermit as Bob Cratchit is like walking down the street and he's got Tiny Tim on his shoulder? Yeah, you can actually see his feet. Like that was the, one of the first times they'd ever done a shot yeah. like that. It took ten puppeteers to do that. Wow! Move the legs, move the arms, move the mouth, and the mouth of little tiny Tim, which is I think that uh, Muppet is Robin the Frog. Yeah, um, yeah, ten puppeteers to do that, and I had never considered the fact like how do they do these shots 
with the real life actors, you know, standing behind the Muppets yeah. because, you know, where are the puppeteers and everything? So everything uh, was shot like four feet above the ground. So like Michael Caine's walking on these little beams and walkways and stuff because there's actors moving around down below him and in yeah. front of him with, yeah, the, yeah. with the puppets. That's awesome. One of the things that I remember reading the uh, Ghost of Christmas past, it's like floating yeah, all the time. She's in baby oil. Yeah, she's in baby oil and floating in like a water type tank. Yeah. Like a, a tank filled with baby oil. And then they just took out the tank visually. And that's mm-hmm. how she looks like the puppets just floating perfectly. It's because she's actually in water or like baby and, oil at the time. Yeah. And it started to like destroy the puppet. So mm-hmm. like they just kind of let it happen and they managed to get everything they needed before yeah. the puppet was ruined. That puppet was creepy. I did yes. not like it. Yeah. I hated that one. It looked less like a Muppet and more like something you'd see in the dark crystal. Yeah. Which is also Henson. So. And I love the ghost of Christmas presents, except he's got that freaking song. It feels like Christmas. Yes. I hate that song. Yeah. I don't really enjoy any of the songs. Yeah. Uh, but did you know, like, they were originally going to have the, like, Muppets, the, the main Muppets play the ghost. Like, Miss Piggy was going to be the ghost yeah. of Christmas present. And Scooter was going to be the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. And Gonzo was going to be the ghost of uh, Christmas yet to come. But then yeah. they scrapped that idea and made brand new Muppets for all for the ghosts. Which, which I, think like. would, I think was the smart decision because... I agree. Uh, for this this telling of Christmas Carol, and this is probably thinking very deep into the you know in the story of Christmas Carol, these these ghosts have to be so otherworldly and so different from anything we've seen in Scrooge's life. That's why they can't be somebody we've actually already seen. Like you know, Cratchit can't be the ghost of Christmas Present. Like the the visage of Cratchit can't be seen other than Bob Cratchit. No. So they needed to create Muppets we've never seen before to make them otherworldly to us. I yeah. We would have just seen that's freaking Gonzo. Why is yeah. he a ghost? You know, like it's Gonzo or that's Fozzie Bear or, you know, so they had to to make it so alien to us. And I think it's I think it's brilliant that they did it that way. Um because it just goes to show their attention to, you know, they weren't just going to put together another Muppet movie. <laughs> they did uh, mock interviews on the set with the Muppets and stuff uh, for this movie for marketing. And uh, in an interview with Kermit the Frog, he stated that the most important piece of acting advice he'd ever given to him was by Sir Michael Caine on the set of the film. His advice was to never blink. <laughs> <laughs> and he took that advice. And he he, ran, did, with he ran with it. They all kind of took that advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that you have to watch, especially if you're a 90s kid, like, you know, like me, it, it doesn't have to be your favorite rendition. Uh, but like you said a thousand times to the point where we could make a drinking game out of it. Nostalgia sells. Mm. Nostalgia is why we keep going back to the movies that we grew up with and not trying new Christmas movies because they're just not as good as the nostalgia we had. I've watched it 
this week for this episode, but also I would have watched it anyways because I do every December. Who is your favorite Muppet, would you say? Mm, growing up, I did have a favorite Muppet. It was probably Animal. Yeah, uh, it's always him. been my favorite Muppet. I used to have so much animal clothing. You remember when I had that highlighter yellow animal shirt and yeah, the animal hat? And I, when the they're eyes. in a hat, I yeah. remember the hats. Always yeah. warm together. What I thought. Um, as a kid, I had a lot of animal clothing as well. Uh, but I actually, puppet-wise and like stuffed animal-wise as a kid, I owned more Sesame Street characters than Muppets. Like my I was favorite, a Sesame Street kid. My too. favorite Sesame Street was Snuffleupagus. I love Snuffleupagus. I, uh, I was a big Elmo guy. Yeah. And I uh, was a big uh, Big Bird guy. Mm-hmm. And uh tell you, Oscar the Grouch, I was the biggest Oscar the Grouch guy in the business today. <laughs> uh, scram, You've never seen an Oscar the Grouch fan like Josh Davis. Scram became part of my vernacular because of Oscar. Scram. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did have Muppets. I had a couple of animal puppets. I had a Kermit that I actually could put my hand up in and do the whole thing with. And um, the most annoying one to me is uh, it's not even Beaker. It's Bunsen. What? Why? You know, I don't know. I've just never liked. I've never liked Bunsen. I've never liked Miss Piggy. So toxic. So abusive. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Scooter. I'm a, I'm a Fozzie guy. Yeah, I like Fozzie. I also really loved. I thought one of the more unsung characters in the Muppets was the the girl in the band man who just talked like this all the time. <laughs> I was like, nobody talks enough about her. She's funny. Uh, hey man. Hey man, we're just gonna play a song. <laughs> What's the uh, name of the the electric something? Uh, yeah, electric something. It's not electric boogaloo, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not electric. <laughs> uh, electric harmony. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna have to look it up. It's it's easier to tell you who I didn't like because you know, like we said, millennials for us growing up in the nineties, you love the Muppets. Well, nowadays I'm a big Kermit guy. Yeah. I uh, I just really appreciate Kermit because he's just so simple, and he just try, tries so hard to, you know, make everybody happy and do the right mm-hmm. thing. And there's all these shenanigans going on all around him, and he's just like, oh, good grief, you know. That's that's oh, how good I feel. Grief. Oh, hey, hi, hold there, hi, hold there. Electric Bro. mayhem, Doctor Teeth mayhem. and the Electric Mayhem. Doctor Keith, Electric Mayhem. God, that's wild. Doctor's name you're talking about is Janice. <laughs> Janice, man. One of the other, uh, I think that I didn't like him because he was so abrasive was Sam Eagle. I had a professor in college who looked just like Sam Eagle. Really? The eyebrows and, and the voice and everything. We shouldn't be doing this. He's he very a, abrasive and bossy. So sociology teacher, I think, or something like that. Yeah. At Wally or at Tusculum? At Tusculum. Oh. Yeah. He's not, not a fun guy. And, of course, as we've said, Sattler and Waldorf, man. I love those guys. They steal the show. They steal every scene that they're in. Have you seen Muppets uh, from Space yet? I've not seen Muppets from Space. I also haven't watched that new one that you watched. It's like a modern 
Oh, that show? Kermit and Piggy are divorced or something? Yeah, it's like uh, lowercase m Muppets with a period at the end or something. It's a little more adult. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. It's it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Definitely you should watch Muppets from Space. It is not on Disney Plus. Sony owns that one. So it's, yeah, it's rare, but it is on Amazon Prime right now. I think it's leaving soon because I think they might have a deal worked out where it is going to go to Disney Plus. But after watching uh, Christmas Carol, I went and watched uh, Mubs from Space because it's been a long, long time since I'd seen it. Bro, it's it holds up. It's a good one. It holds up. One of the other things that that Muppets and Sesame Street and all that uh, branched off to, I mean, they weren't really connected, was Fraggle Rock. Yeah. I loved Fraggle Rock. It's all in the Henson family. Yeah, all the Henson family. Dark Crystal, Fraggle Rock, Labyrinth, like all that Henson stuff, man. It just, like that was probably, I would say, like he's one of the Mount Rushmore of the 90s is Henson. Yeah. Late 80s and 90s, Henson's on the Mount Rushmore for that decade. Easily. 80s for sure because. Oh, yeah, definitely 80s. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts, nerds, nerdettes? Is it your favorite telling of the Christmas Carol? Is it your least favorite? Let us know. And maybe you like the really crappy Jim version, uh, Jim Carrey version. You you know, that's that's fine. Uh, you know, you're entitled to be wrong. You are definitely <laughs> allowed to do that. Absolutely. Uh, seriously, nerds, we hope that you're having a, a very Merry Christmas. Uh, and if you're listening to this after that, you had a Merry Christmas, that you uh, stayed safe and got to see loved ones and spend time with people. And be good because Santa Claus is watching you all the time, not just on Christmas. Not just on Christmas. He makes lists. He checks them twice. He's OCD. And you, uh, there, there's no reason not to start out on the good list ahead of time for the following years. So. Yeah, exactly. Be good all the time. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. Hot takes from JD. Uh, You're here. You've said it so much, you know, that I've got it written down on your JD quote board right here. Be nice all the time. Be kind exactly. of because you say it so much. I do. Um, <laughs> it is uh, like a catchphrase. <laughs> if you pull a string on my back along with there's a snake in my boots, I will also say. Be nice all year round. Be nice all year round. Santa Claus is watching you. That's a juicism. That's true. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in, nerds and nerdettes. We will see you the next time uh, when we hopefully get this train back on the the tracks. Uh, But thank you for being patient. Thank you for returning. And be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. And as always, cheers to you. Two dudes who met back in college Nobody loved pop culture more So they started a podcast to talk all about it And 30 and Nerdy was born Oh, 30 and Nerdy was born You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher Or movies like Lord of the Rings And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel While Tyler goes more for DC Yes, Tyler goes more for DC Now come, come
Ben and all Nerd up or shut up Just answer the call to be part of our journey Into magical worlds Join us and cheers to ya nerds Join us and cheers to ya nerds Maybe we should make a poster with a bunch of juicisms. Juicisms? Yeah. We can sell it. Well, obviously. For money. Make it work. Make it work. At the top. Forward slash make it happen. Well, I don't remember. That's on there. Uh, well, <laughs> well I don't let's, really remember. Let's class it. Let's class it up a little bit and say I don't recall. I don't recall. 